Before we dive into this podcast, we want to introduce you to our sponsor, TylerMade. Established in 2008, TylerMade is a family-owned and run business built on traditional values of trust, honesty, and integrity. When you visit TylerMade's showroom, you'll experience firsthand their commitment to these values through their honest pricing with no hidden fees and service with a genuine smile. Each tile specialist is knowledgeable in all areas, from features and benefits to measuring and layout, ensuring that you receive the best advice and service possible. TylerMade's vision is to become one of the largest and most successful tile manufacturers of high-end quality products, with a stylish and exclusive range of products distributed worldwide to both wholesale and retail markets. Their mission is to manufacture high-quality tiles and surpass expectations by offering competitive prices through an ongoing commitment to customer satisfaction and dedication to continuous improvement. We're proud to have TylerMade as our sponsor and invite you to visit their showroom in Kupuru in Brisbane or check out their products online at tylermade.com.au. Wakeham kicking out North Luna's way. Here comes Dayden. Scramble. Tigers. Alex Twell. Alex Twell has ended up with a ball. I just want, can you play that again, mate? <laughs> that was just brilliant. Look, hello and welcome to the NRL Supercoach Champions podcast. I'm Joe Fitz. We all uh, witnessed a historic moment on the weekend with Alex Twell. Finally going over. Couldn't happen to a nicer bloke and, and great to see Vossi uh, make the call, mate. You surprised me with that one. You've thrown me off kilter. I figured like I've got to catch you by surprise sometimes. You like to spring a you know a free a few friendly words uh, during your intros most of the time, so it's rare that I get to you know, fl- flip flip the tables on yourself there. <laughs> yeah, rare, rarely am I speechless. Joe Fitz here with you today. Obviously, I'm here with Wilf. Um, calm before the storm a little bit, Wilf. Uh, origin on the horizon. We've just had a really interesting buy round, though, haven't we? Really interesting is, you know, putting it mildly, I think, like the spread of scores was so massive. Like if you just didn't have those few key guys, you really struggled. And if you had the wrong guys, you know, your scores weren't that crash hot. Uh, I finished up with 1025, which I was a little bit disappointed with because I, you know, had a couple of players uh, either drop out or really underperform. And, yeah, it still saw me move up. So I'm in the 2600s now. I climbed back half the ranks I dropped last in that one round last week. So, yeah, not ideal. Uh, you did pretty well, though. Uh, you, you're rocketing up up the rankings again. Yeah, back up. I, I kind of slipped just outside the top 500 last week, but back up to 277 with a 1093. Some sneaky downgrades, or I could have been higher uh, in the final updates there. Um, mate, Maddie, Maddie White, defending champ. Uh, we had a bit of a laugh about you writing him off last week, uh, going back to back, but mate, 673. Woo, he's head to head only, it seems. Yeah, well, that, I mean, I think maybe something was lost in translation there because my, my point was he's thrown in the towel in defending his overall crown oh, and see. focusing on his head to head competitions, which he, he did agree with me, but maybe he was just being polite. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. And, and Tim, Tim Moody also kind of, he said he's uh, focusing on his head to head as well, or maybe that explains the 975 last round, but still not too bad. And, and guys still there are bouts, uh, a decent round for him, but not quite as good as yours. So he's around the 300s. Most importantly, our $500 champs only bonus leader, Team X, back up to the lead. For our champs, he had a strong round there over 1,100. Sees him climb back to 64th overall. And for our leagues, we've got the Champions 1 League in 16th, 
and the Champions 20 had had one league in 20th. And uh, shout out to the Podmasters Cup. They're all the way up to six now. So a chance to go back to back for overall team leagues, but it's going to take a strong finish to the end. But anyway, that's enough of that. Let's jump straight to the news for this week. All right, so the first question, I know it's, it's news, but the question is, what were you doing on Saturday the 17th of June, otherwise known as Alex Twelve Day? It was, um, I mean, fantastic, right? And, and what great, you know, prescience by Clemmer to pull his hands out of the way at the last minute. If he wanted to be selfish, uh, he could have probably claimed the try for himself. But, but Twelve was there after so many games, so many kind of, tries ruled out on you know bunker review there's been a, a few of them and kind of it just seemed conspired against him to never score a try and and obviously Vossi one of the great callers of our game has been a, a champion of uh, Alex Twiles every time he gets a sniff of the try line so it was poetic justice to have him call but um universally liked bloke and uh, it was really really great to see the rugby league world kind of unite around this event because God knows, uh, come Wednesday night, it's it's going to fracture back in two again. Yeah, I I, th- I thought what kind of exemplified it was the ref. Uh, he as he was awarding it, he couldn't hide his own smile, and I think that's just that's awesome. Like, right? You know, he's obviously got to be impartial and whatever, but even he could see the the magnitude of the moment. 116 games, and finally a try for Alex Twole, and that leaves. Poor old Paddy Carrigan as the most capped NRL player who, who's yet to get off the duck egg. I think he's over at 74 games. So another one or two seasons, he might catch up to 12. But yeah, I think Paddy's been close a few times. So I, I dare say he might get there sooner rather than later. Look, from a very positive story to a not so positive story, and there are some super coach implications here, but the Dragons, what the heck is going on over there? I mean, yeah, we haven't really talked about it, but Shane Flanagan, obviously, he's been accepted by the St. George Illawarra board uh, as their head coach for 2024 onwards. And subsequent to that, it didn't take very long, but Ben Hunt uh, has, you know, their, their captain, their most important player, their only, you know, at times only good player mm-hmm. uh, who stepped up for the team. And he's put in for an immediate request for a, a release from the club, which has been denied by them. And they've now, like, I think the, the media report said he even offered to pay back the money so he could get out. That That is next level, I have to say. I don't think we've ever heard of any players offering to pay uh, to be able to leave the club. But there's obviously something going wrong behind the scenes there, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously this has been a long time coming for the Dragons. Many, many years of mismanagement and all kinds of issues, which, you know, Dragons fans have been kind of, you know, screaming to the heavens about, you know, for a long time. But but let's not sweep it under the rug. Shane Flanagan's a pretty controversial hire and he's a pretty controversial coach. He's been censured twice by the NRL. He was, I don't know, there and thereabouts, let's diplomatically say, around the peptide scandal, um, you know, and kind of while under probation or suspension for that, violated the terms of that suspension obviously very publicly campaigning for the head coach job. And, and look, I just found it excessively odd that he announced it personally that he was going to be the coach of the Dragons, not the Dragons. I mean, I can't ever, ever, ever think of a time where a coach on his own personal platform has announced that he's joining 
a club. Like it is always the club that issues the statement that, you know, puts that stuff out. I mean, there was already a little bit of a weird stink to it before then. And look, if you've been Hunt, do you blame him? The dysfunction, all this crap you hear around, you know, only three players turning up to the end of uh, season function, the chief executive and the board chair not showing up to his 300th game dinner. I mean, forget the, you know, when people have compared what, Canberra did for Jared Croker for the 300th v Ben Hunt. I mean, there are very good points made about a Dragons away, away game and, all. you know, it is very different circumstances. But but how can you not show up if you're the board chair and the CEO to a dinner celebrating far and away your best player? Like Daylight is St George's second best player <laughs> after Ben Hunt. It just, yeah, the club is not run well. I think that is perfectly reflected in the hiring of Shane Flanagan. Frankly, I don't think it's a good hire. And we've seen what Hunt feels about it. Yeah, look, I think that's very well put. I can't really add much more to those sentiments there. I I guess, you know, bring it back to Supercoach. I mean, does Hunt even play? Like, I think, you know, let's say after a victorious Queensland series winning game two victory, does he just say, look, I'm going to take this week off? Uh, I'm feeling a little bit tired, a little bit, uh, you know, I've got a bit of a niggle. I think I should have the week off and, you know, maybe it's not just this week and then next week it's still, you know, does he does he take a leaf out of Mitchell Moses' book? Yeah, I, I, I don't think, I mean, I'm the last guy that'll ever go. He's not that kind of bloke. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> but, but I would be surprised if Hunt kind of went on pseudo-strike. I don't blame you after, you know, particularly a second origin if it's, if it's a bruising game. The bloke's playing hooker. He's not built like a hooker and he isn't a hooker. He's a halfback. So he takes plenty of punishment. Uh, during Origin games. So if he has a, a game off for, for his niggles, then that doesn't kind of raise my antenna. But um, I would be surprised if it went on multi-game. But frankly, this is a losing scenario for St. George. If he has publicly confirmed that he wants out, he wants out immediately, the club just need to move on. Yeah, I think it's just an untenable situation. Something's got to give eventually, whether it's on-field, off-field. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it's a happy place and... The Dragons are 15th on the ladder, but if you look at their wins, they're really, you know, it's there's two clubs in the race for the spoon at the moment and they're one of them. So I dare say it's not good science for the rest of the season. And, yeah, we'll, we'll leave it there. We could speak for ages about it, no doubt. But uh, we'll, let's, let's look at the injuries for this round. What's the matter? Haven't you ever seen a football injury before, you wimps? Let's go. Thankfully, with only five games, there are obviously less injuries to go through. So hopefully we can get through this really quickly. The biggest one, I think, from a Supercoach perspective, Helam Luki has a facial fracture. Just horrible season for him. Just, you know, coming back off from a major injury, you know, a couple of injuries subsequent to that. This one's just pure bad luck. Like, there's nothing he could have done to avoid this one. So, yeah, he's going to miss a couple of weeks. They're saying maybe round 21, 22. Or, yeah, they'll, they'll have to wait pending further scans. So... Hopefully, if you if you weren't relying on him to be one of your round 17 numbers, yeah, that's rough by planning-wise. Positive news for Luke Keery, though. His uh, suspected fractured jaw is actually just a, a bruise, and he's been named, and they do say he's a chance for this week. Uh, Stili Tupanua had a cork thigh. He is in doubt, even though he's been named for this week, so just uh, one to monitor there. More so flow-on effects, I think, for the rest of the forwards in that pack. Lachlan Fitzgibbon uh, left the field due to a failed HIA I think he he's not been named this round as well. Apparently, category one symptoms. So not that that means too much, but he obviously he's uh, taking the week off. So yeah, 
Uh, Dan Daniel Saifidi had a sternum issue, hence why I believe he wasn't playing last week. So he's uh, been named, and uh, I dare say he, he should be good to go. For Luke Thompson, there was a bit of an update from Gus. He's pretty much said it's highly unlikely Luke will play again this season. Well, not play again. We'll play this season, basically, because yeah. of that Liz Frank injury. Unfortunately, it just seems to be like complications or it just hasn't healed up as well as they'd hoped. And it just echoes like every time we hear of a Liz Frank injury, it's just, it's always complicated, right? There's always seems to be ongoing dramas with the recovery yeah. and output. So complicated with things like, you know, blood access to the injury for recovery. But, you know, you and I both big NFL fantasy uh, fans and, you know, a Liz Frank is not quite an Achilles, but it's it's kind of more than an ACL. It sits between an ACL and an Achilles in terms of how it affects you, kind of even ongoing. And um, you know, Luke Thompson, in a lot of ways, the forgotten man. It's 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 a lost season for the Dogs, and and a big part of that is losing one of the best props in the game for the whole season. So, yeah, um, it does free up more opportunities for the likes of the the last guy we've got on the injured list, which is Harrison Edwards, who has a concussion. Yeah, it suffered at training. Like you guys copying it left, right, and center. And, and what this is like the third training injury, right? Luke Thompson's list rank was at training in the preseason. Jake Kraz, you know, hyperextended his elbow during training. Harrison Edwards. Kick out, hurt himself. Yeah. It's just, what is it? Like you guys training too hard or, or whatever? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, back in my day, we wouldn't get injured at training, mate. You know, <laughs> back in your day. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for the judiciary, it, it's a quiet one. No charges at all, actually, from the five games last week. So there, there are some names returning from their suspension. So obviously, Radley Welsh and Felice Kafusi all named to return this week. Joseph Suwali'i has one more game out. And then we've got Jared Wallace and Anthony Milford both due back in round 19. So speaking of which, let's jump into the team list for this round. Steven, I like your hustle. That's why it was so hard to cut you. Congratulations, the rest of you made the team. Except you, you and you. So we spoke plenty about the Dragons, mate. They play the Warriors uh, fresh off the bye uh, Friday night at Wynn Stadium. Uh, for the Dragons, Jack Bird's on uh, an edge. Uh, DeBellin's back at lock. But I just think all the Dragons are a stay away at the moment. Again, who knows what happens when you know the team starts suffering some big losses, which I think is likely this week, which... You know, for the Warriors, uh, Berry's at centre, Dylan Walker's back on the interchange, but in terms of supercoach interest, it's it's all on the New Zealand side this week, isn't it? I'd say so, especially if Hunt doesn't back up, which, I mean, like it is always the toughest to back up for the first game of the round after Origin. So jumping straight to it, Sean Johnson is a guy I've got, got my eye on. You know, we've talked in the past about wanting to hold Nathan Cleary, but with numbers short, you know, Team lists have not been kind to my team and I, I need to make two trades just to field a half-decent team this week. And I think, you know, of, of the guys I need to hold, you know, I've, I'm, I'm planning to hold a lot of them because of round 19 coverage for buy planning purposes. So Cleary's going to potentially have to make way and SJ's the prime target there. You know, getting to him frees about 150K and I mean, it's hard to argue with SJ's form, right? Especially if Hunt's not going to be there. Like, it's surely, like, it, it's got Massacre written all over it. Yeah, look, 705K, negative 16 break even. You bank plenty of cash if you're moving Cleary on to him. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it is a bit of a no brainer. They play the next five games. Um, you know, round 19, obviously the big buy, but I think round 20 is going to be the most brutal round of the year, given that there are three teams on buy, many of which we've held 
players for the round 19 by, and then you've got all those Origin 3 uh, players that won't back up. So I think it could be a really nasty um, situation there and, and having someone like SJ playing all the way through to round 22 uh, when they've got a buy will be worth its weight in gold. Got a sneaky thought there with Hooker being such a problematic position as well that Wade Egan's back. He's down to 477k with a low break even. I mean, he could be the perfect backup hooker option to get you through. He won't break the bank and, and again, is a bit of a pot option with everyone moving on. I don't mind that shout at all. And I guess, yeah, the only thing with Egan is he's struggled a little bit to stay on the park himself between, you know, concussion and injuries. And I, I think he doesn't mind a suspension now and then as well. So that's probably the only risk there. But at, at 477k, yeah, not a bad shout. I think we probably should talk about Chance a little bit because he's like 672k, but the man is in some you know vintage form and like his last three scores, he's sitting on, I mean, what is he sitting on? I, I had it just a moment ago. <laughs> well, I think he sees that two of us are she- Sheck-sized shadow uh, over Mount Smart, you know, every time he goes to training. So, um, yeah, he's, he's probably pulled his finger out, but he's definitely playing the, uh, the, the kind of, he's in the form of his career, isn't he? Yeah, it's been it's been some years. I mean, twenty nineteen he was obviously really good, but that was more from a, a you know a defensive standpoint. I think this is probably his best attacking uh, season for some time. But yeah, last three scores ninety four, hundred and three, and eighty four against the Broncos, Dolphins, and the Raiders. And I think all three of those teams are on the evidence of the se- this season uh, traveling far better than the Dragons will. So I think yeah, he's a great option if you don't have him, and obviously covers that round nineteen buy as well i mean we don't need to talk about Tori harris he's just a really safe solid option and i guess if you still got jackson ford i mean it'd be pretty bold to be trading out in a healthy body like ford on a week like this so yeah uh let's move on yeah so dolphins we mentioned them the eels they're playing up at sunshine coast stadium on saturday uh Kofusi's back on the edge jeremy marshall king's back at nine uh valence tafare's in the centers with brenko lee out for the week and uh, McGrady, a youngster on the wing. Uh, Josh Kerr parachuted straight onto the interchange where he sidles up beside Connolly Lemuelu. What are you going to do with Lemuelu, mate? Look, I think ideally, you know, if he's been benched, uh, if you can afford to, to trade him out, like break even of 100, yeah, so he probably should go. It's brutal timing, obviously, with the run, round 19 buy coming up. For me, I might not have a choice. <laughs> he's a warm body. He will score some points this round, and I think I might have to hang on to him. But worst case scenario, like he he could just still come off the bench and play 50, 60 minutes like he did earlier in the season. So I don't think it's a total write-off. We've seen Kenny Bromwich suspended. We've seen Felice Kafusi suspended. Both those guys have picked up injuries in the past. So like it's not the end of the world if you're forced to hold him for a week or two. But yeah, it'd be painful if you jumped on later. I'm looking at this from the lens of I picked this guy up for 354K. So he can leak a fair bit of cash before I'm, you know, really losing out on on team value here from my perspective there. Yeah, nice positive spin, mate. Para's got Moses and, and Junior Barlow uh, named to back up. Sean Lane, a, a welcome sight on the extended bench, which I think probably does bring back that old back row logjam issue and, and the question over Jermaine Hopgood's minutes. But for now, he's, uh, he's someone that's in just about everyone's final 17. It was there last week too, so that's worth noting uh, on the extended bench. So there's no guarantee he'll line up. And and just lastly, the, the Dolphins do have Sean O'Sullivan on the extended bench, so that'll be a welcome welcome inclusion for them. 
kind of feel like he's going to play, but that's just that's just purely off the vibes. It's not not based <laughs> on any sort of actual mail there. So, yeah. Um, over at Para, um, speaking of kind of injuries and, and uncertainty, mate. Brendan Hands, two eighty two k. He's got a minus nine break even. I mean, Josh Hodgson's terrible. We can all admit that. But from a tenure perspective, you would imagine if he gets fit again, he goes straight in, back in. But that neck injury, it's got indefinite uh, kind of all over it. Hands is, I don't know, he's a pretty handy option, right? No pun intended. Oh, look, I think the, the hands puns have been all over the shop like yeah. since he's been in the NRL. So I, I do think it's a really good shout. I uh, I looked at it myself because I've still got Sonny Luke rot- running away there. But Don't uh, we all? Don't we all? Yeah, not not all of us. Some of us were uh, have been able to hit the eject button sooner. But, yeah, I do like the idea of uh, taking a punt on hands. Like, as you say, you know, the, what's the downside? He's still going to make a little bit of cash. Worst case scenario, he comes back. You know, you'll probably still stick with him for round 19 coverage and then move him on afterwards post-origin for a genuine keeper. So, yeah, I certainly don't mind it. It's a, it's a good shout there. Not sure if it's necessarily too late for Gutho. 787K, so he's premium price, but it's now or never with a negative 14 break even. Um, but again, uh, you know, you're probably trading out a, a playing body this week if you want to bring him in. So probably not something most of us can afford when we're struggling to get 17. Panthers Knights at Blue Bit Stadium. Uh, you mentioned before Hosking. Uh, he's dropped to 18th man. Moses Leota comes back at prop. I think from my perspective, uh, a lot of us have uh, Taruva. But, yeah, most of us had him for that uh, round 16 by coverage. But now we're past that. He's kind of coming into form. He's got a five-round average of 65. I mean, they're essentially keeper numbers, right? Are we going to hold him? I kind of think while, especially while Cleary's out, like, uh, Luai is controlling a lot of it, so I dare say that's why Taruva is getting a little bit more ball in attacking areas. So I, I kind of think it's not a bad shout just to, to stick with him for a bit longer. He, he's so involved work rate-wise, and he was busting tackles for fun last round. So, yeah, I don't think there's a need to ship him off urgently. Maybe come round 19, he's, a, he's primed to, to go to someone who covers round 19 and be a season keeper. But, yeah, I think just... Just enjoy it for now. <laughs> yeah, Knights come off a disappointing loss to the Roosters last week. Uh, Daniel Safidi back at prop. Marju uh, is back on the bus. He's uh, on Yay. the wing. <laughs> and, uh, and we mentioned with Fitzgibbon out, uh, the youngster, the cheapy Lucas, is still on the edge. But I think we've probably passed the point where we're looking at cash cows for cash generation. So, you know, he's a, he's a trap for mine. If you jumped on last round, you'd be laughing. So yeah, bit a bit of good luck there. If you took the punt on him, he you know pretty decent score. I think he's like sixty odd in base and base attack. So it was a it was a good game from him. Yeah, true. the The guy that does really interest me though, um, he's never really been a premium player, but he's flirted with it in the past. Dane Gagai, he's a megapod, two point one percent owned, seventy one average. Like he is absolutely elite at the center wing position this year. And he's doing it with Ponga, without Ponga. He's doing it when they're getting thrashed. He's doing it when they're thrashing other teams. He's kind of an all-weather player this year, um, super consistent. I mean, we're all looking for pods at this time of year, right? Yeah, just last round probably would have been a better time to jump on because he's not going to help you by coverage-wise. But, yeah, look, I think he's not a bad chat at all. So that's such uh, you know low ownership. And, I mean, he's like 60-odd in base and base attack last round, so very safe floor. 
uh, yeah, it's hard to fault at this stage. I, I think he's a he he's going to keep going, and like he's he's got Dom Young outside him. So sometimes all he needs to do is just pass it on to him, and Young can tear off a you know a long run down the field and get some line breaks, line break assists, whatever. So yeah, I, I don't mind that shout at all. Uh, just really quickly, because obviously with Hosking, I mean, it sucks, but I think for me, I'm just going to hang on for a bit and, and maybe Origin will tell us all we need to know because if it's brutal, like I can see Liam Martin probably getting the rest if he needs it uh, or, or, you know, he might end up bench. So I wouldn't rush to trade out Hosking. It's probably worth, you know, planning your trade so that if you do trade him out, it's after, you know, it's after you see final teams and you know that Hosking's definitely not playing because, uh, yeah, I think if he starts, he's still going to score decent for you. It's just obviously painful watching him with the 18th man there with, a you know, not a green circle next to his name on Supercoach. Yeah, and look, for a lot of teams this week, I mean, he quite literally would be Supercoach's 18th man, <laughs> right? Uh, and hoping that we get a run and and don't have to play the, the Sonny Lutes and the Billy Smiths and, and all that kind of flotsam and jetsam that are still in our teams. But um, the the... The marquee game for the Saturday night, Storm uh, hosting Manly. Justin Ollum comes back into centre. Um, you got Eisenhuth and Welsh uh, in a prop. Um, Welsh after his suspension and, and Nass is, uh, you know, looks like he's a fixture on that edge, um, at least until Elias Katoa comes back. Um, I, you know, from the Storm perspective, I don't think there's any really standout buyers. If you've got Meany, you've got Grant, you've got Munster, you're holding them, but you're not really looking to buy until Origin's done, right? Yeah, I mean, I think Munster might still be a consideration just because he's quite a good price. And again, if you need a warm body this round, like a lot of people are looking at someone like a Dream Buller down to Munster. Can you believe you could downgrade Buller to Munster? I mean, that it sounds tasty just, just saying that. And I'm... I've looked at that trade myself going, well, I kind of need someone. But yeah, short-term gain potentially for medium-term pain in terms of round 19 coverage. But I think it's, yeah, like I said, price-wise, the matchup, the way Munster's playing, like that last game, he was he was everywhere. And just, it didn't even look like he was trying, but just, just you watch the points just tick up and, you know. I think I'm sick of not having him in my team, honestly. Yeah, he, he seems to never really make the list of discussions for best player in the game, but, you know, he, he's on a very, very short list as far as I'm concerned. If I am selling Dream Buller, to your point, it's going to be for the bloke in the 22 jersey uh, on the other side of the field. Turbo's named at, uh, at 22. Uh, who knows whether he's going to play, but at least he's an option there for Manly. See how he pulls up after Origin. Uh, for them, uh, Fainu is the 18th man. So, you know, a bit of a popular cheapie there. Uh, looks like he's not going to be a number for the week. Um, but I think it, as it applies to the people that we kind of held from the Seagulls for buyer coverage, the Schusters, the Fainus, even the Sean Keppies, it's, you know, if you can move them on sometime in the next couple of weeks, it's 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 time to go, right? My initial planning, I was really hoping to be able to trade out Josh Schuster this round, but there's no way I can trade him out with... The players I've got out, so unfortunately he survives, and I'm expecting another twenty odd score or whatever that are leak, leaked cash. But yeah, I think definitely I'm keeping a trade up my sleeve if if Turbo 
shows up in the final teams, Buller is going straight to him. And yeah. I'm not going to look back. Not with that neg 41 break even or whatever Turbo's got. Yeah, and that's what I'm saving my boost for, mate. Is that what you're saving your boost for? Or? Oh, absolutely, yeah. A, a boost of <laughs> Turbo early in the season, right? <laughs> I think you're out of boost in about round nine. But uh, Broncos, Titans, uh, Sunday at Suncorp. Uh, the next coming of Gordon Tallis, mate. Brendan Piakura gets his start on the edge there. Very, very intriguing given his price. He's 251K with a one break even. Capel, it sounds like a multi-week injury. Round so, 20, apparently he'll be back. So he'll miss the next two games, round 19 by, and then he should be back round 20. So I, I think if you need a spot start for a couple of weeks, who's pretty cheap, Piakura is not a bad downgrade option at 251K and break even with one, and this will be his you know, biggest minute game, I reckon. So I honestly, again, I've looked at it because I'm looking <laughs> at guys I need in my team. <laughs> the, the problem is you've got to have an exit strategy because he'll then goes back to being an edge, back a bench edge back rower and, uh, you know, their super coach poison even more than the utility hooker uh, is kind of in the modern game. So, yeah, I mean, quick cash grab and a quick kind of spot starter for the next couple of weeks and I do like for the Broncos um you know they've got the Titans that leak a lot of points and and the Dolphins have you know they were pretty resolute to start the year but they've really fallen off with their defense so the Broncos got two pretty tasty matchups over the next couple of weeks going into Origin 3. Uh for the Titans the biggest in is obviously Kieran Foran at six. Fafita's back um from his concussion complications named to back up uh pushes Cleese Haas to the interchange I mean, the good news for the Titans, I guess, is that they're all the, all their three buys are done. So, you know, I guess if only they had non-origin relevant players, right? Yeah, I guess is the question. Maybe someone like an AJ Brimson. I mean, for me, it's just too close to origin selection, like 18th man. So one more injury and he won't be able to help you cover around 19. Uh, you know, whether he's in the origin squad or if he's 18 man, 18th man again. That's the only downside, but yeah, he's probably interesting. I mean, Phil Sammy, if you want to get really frisky, he is, you know, you talk about Dan Gagai being a, a megapod. Phil Sammy's not too far off that. He's been quite consistent. The only thing is, is, you know, he is within that kind of revolving door of outside backs. He hasn't been dropped so much this year, but, you know, AKP's had a turn, Brian Kelly, uh, Shop, Aaron Shop's had a go. It might be Phil Sammy's turn sooner rather than later, but Sammy is the best of those outside backs, so maybe he, you know, he gets to survive. But I mean, three round average of sixty eight, season average of just shy of sixty all all year. So less than uh, he's like yeah, one thousand nine hundred twenty teams have Sammy in their team right now. Yeah, it's one point three percent ownership is is even less than Gagai, but um, yeah, he's he's a bit of a draft darling, Philip Philip Sammy, but. Um, Look, you know, a 59 average versus 71 average, I think, is the difference between, you know, relevance, um, Gagai being super relevant and Sammy kind of a bit back in the pack. So, yes, the, uh, you know, the, the Titans are done with their buys, but if you're spending just shy of 600K, you're really bringing someone in for the, for the run home, aren't you? Yeah, but I guess, you know, he could easily be within the fifth, sixth centre wing for the run home and he'll cover around 19 as well. So, you know, if you do want someone who's going to be available for now until the end of the season, barring injury or dropping or whatever, uh, I think he's he's in the mix there. Although the Titans do have a pretty rough last few weeks. I mean, Sharks, Panthers, Storm, and then Bulldogs in round 27. So not the easiest run at all. 
Yeah, but uh, again, I won't talk anyone out of uh, going a super pod at this time of year because, you know, this this is how you make up ground. Rabbitohs Cowboys, uh, the next game, Cody Walker's back at six and is currently penciled in as my captain option. Jed Cartwright's uh, name to start in an edge, uh, pushing host out, Mawali and uh, Turgis on the interchange. Jed Cartwright, 229k, negative 15, break even. I mean, he could be the cheapy downgrade we're looking at as a starting edge. Yeah, I mean, he was the other name aside from Piakura that was in the mix there. Uh, Jed obviously helps with round 19 coverage if he's still there and starting by that round. So that's, I guess, the only risky run. Uh, it wasn't that long that host was preferred on that edge. So, yeah, it, it's a little bit hard to predict. Uh, I think JD has tendencies to shuffle you know, his his edges a fair bit. And it's just obviously, you know, you talk about ex- exit strategy, that that's something you're going to have to plan for for Cartwright as well. So, yeah, I, I think if you want someone who might cover around 19, definitely you've got to go with Jed. But... In terms of scoring points-wise, I feel like Piakura might give you a little bit more points-wise next two weeks. Probably. I mean, uh, Cartwright does have that uh, Ben Trebojevic advantage of uh, of being a dual, uh, you know, 2RF and centre wing, uh, just if that's a tiebreaker for you. As far as the Cowboys, I mean, who knows? All their origin uh, reps have been named on the bench. That's a stay-tuned, you know, keep an eye on Stylesy or Wacko uh, for the late mail on Twitter just to see uh, who's in, who's out. I certainly wouldn't be making any non-Origin player buys based off of what the teams are. But since we're talking about it, um, Tamalolo's got a little bit of interest at 474K, bit of a bounce-back game coming back from injury. I kind of don't care. He's a stay away from mine. Yeah, look, uh, I mean, I wouldn't write him off just because he is that cheap and he looked pretty good, like, the Cowboys would not have won without his input at the end of the game. So I think as he builds his match fitness again, he's going to give us some big scores. But, yeah, it's just it's awkward, right? He's not going to be able to help you with round 19 coverage. They still have a bye coming up, I think, in round 24. Round 24, so, you know, it's right smack bang in the middle of the head-to-head finals if, if that's your focus. So, yeah, I think... It depends. Like, if you are able to do something like, you know, you're downgrading a Preston to him or something like that, not suggesting you have to, but if that frees up cash for you to be able to pick up someone else, like a, a genuine keeper, then it's probably worthwhile. If you want to, you know, press the eject button on, say, a Hosking, it's not the worst, but I, I kind of think, yeah, there might be better options. Yeah, I, I just think he's getting by on reputation at this point. The fact that you know, and look, I brought him up. It's my fault. But um, but I just don't think he's in any serious players kind of final 19 or maybe even top 20 uh, players there. So if you're paying 474K, I mean, that's the challenge, right, is um, is it's kind of too much to even – it's above awkward price. Like you're paying real money. Uh, for that, and there is that uncertainty. So, yeah, I just think, uh, unfortunately, as great a player as he was at his peak, particularly for Supercoach, that Tamalolo's uh, a bit of a has-been for mine. Roosters Raiders, last game of the week. Uh, Manu is back to centre. Our worst fears confirmed. Um, the judiciary's worst fears confirmed. Radley's back at lock, uh, and Kiri named, as you <laughs> mentioned. Um, I mean, the Roosters just struggle to score points, but... 
I guess the good news um, for anyone looking for a cheapy half is that Sandon Smith's goal kicking. So 209k, zero break even. I mean, I'm, I guess I'm trying to talk him into some kind of relevance as a short-term downgrade, but half is really isn't a position that you want to go cheap on this year, is it? Not really, but I, I think just to, to point out, I think he only goal kicked after Kiri went off. I'm pretty sure Kiri took the first shot. Actually, so, right now that I mentioned, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so you, you couldn't even you couldn't even sell that one there. <laughs> but uh, look, that's if Kiri plays at all and and whatever. But I did I did think he looked pretty good, honestly, for a rookie half. He did a pretty good job uh, in in a tough tough situation when you know your your senior half goes down and you got Drew Hutchison beside you <laughs> as the other option. So. Yeah, look, again, if we're talking short-term downgrade, then he's certainly there. I'm not loving it. I mean, maybe if you've got someone like a Joey Manu or a Kellen Ponga at 5'8", right, it might be an option to, you know, sell someone else in, in a center wing or, or whatever because uh, Sandon does have that dual position eligibility, so you can slot him in either half or 5'8". So it could be a one-week or two-week thing. But, yeah, I, I don't love it. Certainly not, not suggesting it's a great option. Yeah, from the from the Raiders' perspective, they're one to seventeen on their last game. Um, hard to find any real value here. I mean, um, you know, Horsberg has kind of gained his money. Tarpanay has been pretty mediocre for the price. You know, you're probably not looking to sell him, but you're certainly not looking to buy him. Um, Jared Croker is still sitting there in a lot of our teams, and we haven't really moved him on yet. Um, it's kind of hard to get excited from a super coach perspective for any Raider so far this year. Yeah, look, I think I think maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm just feeling like we're being a little bit harsh on Joey Taps just because, like the two games just before his last round forty nine, he's got eighty two and sixty seven, right? And sure, there were inflated minutes there because there were short and forwards, but like that, he was vintage Joey. Then I thought, you know, that was the best he'd looked all season. You know, he was getting the tackle bus up. He was getting some uh, of the offloads. You know, one or two in there, I think, from memory. So. I don't know. I'm not just writing it off just because he had a like he had one of his worst games last last start. But yeah, I kind of think you know end of the season that's his time to shine. I reckon. Well, p- perhaps and and there was obviously he was white hot last year, but but I mean my concern is for a keeper level the price that Tarpane is. I mean you're kind of citing a score of sixty seven as a positive that he can get it done. I mean, again, both of those games, the 82 and the 67, there were other injuries in the forward pack, so there was increased minutes. I mean, he's averaging 62.1. He's got a three-round average of 66 and a five-round average of 63. He's doing what he says on the tin. You're getting low 60s and you're paying low 60s, and I'm just not sure that that the reliability is really what's going to excite anyone this year. And that's fair, but I guess, you know, you're looking at it again, you know, he's with that 62 average, he's fifth at front row forward for the season and the first two guys don't play around 19 because they're off playing Origin and the other two are Fanua Blake and Toru Harris that are ahead of him. So, you know, maybe Horsburgh is, is in the mix because his role's increased over the season, but, yeah, look, I think at the end of the day, he's, you know, of the, of the front row forwards available for around 19, he's, you know, in the top three in my book and the he's very easily someone you can just roll out for the rest of the season at front row forward and you know, he's never really going to let you down, right? I think the worst score he's dished up was the 47 and, and then the 49. So if those are the two worst scores you can get from him, you know, I'm happy to pay that 60 average or whatever it is priced at now. 
Fair enough, mate. Well, we've gone pretty bloody deep on an origin-affected week for the team list, so let's get to the group comp. All right, so thanks for our friends at Tyler Maid, uh, who stand for excellence in wall and floor tiles. So again, we've got Ryan, coach of Financial Panther, still leading the competition. He's gone up to third overall after a good week there. So well done to Ryan. We do have another team in the top 10 in the group comp. It's Frank, the coach of Frank's Tanks, coming 10th overall. And I'm sorry, every time I think of Frank's Tanks, it's Frank to Tank. Yeah, sorry. Bit of a tangent there. Anyway, uh, yeah, so two teams in the top 10, that, that's pretty cool. That'll be an uh, intriguing battle if they can stick around there. We're at, I mean, I can't believe we're in round 17. There's only 10 more rounds to go after this. So it's not that far away. So yeah, it's going to, the, the competition will heat up sooner rather than later for sure. So yeah, if you stick there, you'll get $500 cash overall prize. If you are leading our group comp at the end of the season, if you happen to be one of our champs, you'll get a thousand all up because you get the $500 champs only bonus, bonus there. If you come second to fourth or fifth to tenth, you'll get some prizes courtesy of our friends at Rugby League Fantasy Pro. Second to fourth, you'll get a platinum subscription for 2024. That covers basically access to all four of the fantasy apps, including Supercoach Pro, Fantasy Pro, DraftStars Pro, and Punter Pro, valued at $90 each. Fifth to tenth, as we've said, gets a $30 voucher to use in 2024. That basically covers the cost of Supercoach Pro. We can apply it to any of the other subscription packages. So definitely check out rugbyleaguefantasypro.com for more info about what's offered. And we thank Adrian and the team at Rugby League Fantasy Pro again for their generosity there. All right, so look, obviously we will be interested to see what happens post-Origin. There's always, you know, a, a number of curveballs that'll be thrown uh, that'll impact what we've said tonight. So we've tried to kind of cover the various scenarios there, but just a, a big wait and see, right? And... I mean, how are you feeling about game two? Uh, I think that, I mean, it's origin, right? So who knows in a two-horse race. And, you know, for the Joey Johns of the world and a lot of those passionate New South Wales supporters, I mean, this is this is it. This is the opportunity. This is, this is New South Wales' chance to do a Queensland on Queensland. I mean, how many times has Queensland just clearly not had the cattle and lots of injuries? being thinner than the other team, going into a hostile environment and and pulling a miraculous victory out kind of against all odds. So, okay, Blues, th- this is this is it. This is the opportunity now. Like if, if you're going to, you know, love the jersey as much, if it means just as much to you, well, let's see it on the field. And I, for one, can't wait because I think it's going to be a hell of a lot closer than what people are suggesting. There is still a lot of talent on, on the Blues side. I think any team that's got a Tommy Turbo that's fit and firing, you can never write them off because he's just a freak. So he terrifies me as a Queenslander. And, you know, as someone who doesn't have him in my team right now for Supercoach, there's many ways that he gives me nightmares. So I'll be watching, you know, nervously on Wednesday, but uh, I'm keen. I, I think Queensland's a sneak home, but yeah, I agree. It's going to be a lot closer than what we think. Indeed. All right, guys. So let's wrap up. Um, if you're not a champ, if you're not on the Patreon, what are you doing? Get on there. It's a great Discord. Uh, more topics that you can poke a stick at. Wolf and I basically live on there, as do dozens of other uh, champs who are always happy to help out with advice for the team and, and various bits of banter. So, yeah, patreon.com slash Supercoach Champions. That's it. Yeah, I couldn't remember the link, but uh, it is the end of the podcast. So if you're listening this late, um, I hope you're already a champ. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back, uh, obviously, 
probably crowing about another famous against all odds Queensland victory as a favourite this time. Early crow. Early crow. No, 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 no. It's it's like we said, it's going to be super close, but I think Queensland will sneak home. Anyway, up the mighty Maroons, eh? See you guys.